You're tuned in to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast with your host, Chris McKee. Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. On today's episode, I want to run down some of the early season surprises and disappointments I've seen so far. I've already soaked in somewhere close to about 100 games. I'm obsessive with this stuff over the first couple weeks of the season, so I'll run through some of the good and some of the bad that I've seen. Also, I was working on a Gonzaga season preview podcast that just due to time, I haven't been able to get to to record it. Then, in a bit of a surprise move, I was called in last minute to do the play-by-play for one of the top prep schools in Canada called Royal Crown for both the women's and the men's teams, and then just before the game, I was asked, like, hey, can you interview Claude for a few minutes during the second quarter? And at first, I was like, no problem. Who's Claude? Then I was told Claude Nemhart, who's, of course, the father of Gonzaga's Ryan Nemhart, who just transferred in from Creighton, as well as Andrew Nemhart's dad, who is now with the Indiana Pacers, and, of course, previously with Gonzaga. So, of course, I was like, hell yeah, I want to talk to Claude. And aside from being their father, he's also the vice president of Basketball Ontario. So that's why he was there on site. And we did talk about some of the Ontario basketball stuff, but I cut that out for the sake of this podcast. And so I did that NBA Summer League move where I'm calling the game, doing the play-by-play, and then in between asking Claude some questions and he gives some great insight into his son's decision to move to Gonzaga as well as some other insight on the guys on the team because he's seen them. And then, of course, his son is giving some info when they're having their conversations. But the audio's okay. It's not great. They sent me the audio but muted out the background noises of the game Um, and, you know, all the sounds when you hear the cheering. That's kind of muted out. But regardless, it's pretty good. I'll play that in just a few minutes coming up. But let's start with the top end of the AP Top 25 where the Kansas Jayhawks are ranked number one. They've started off 3-0 with wins over a decent NC Central team, Manhattan, and then they beat Kentucky 89-84. I watched the entire second half of that game versus Kentucky, and wow. One thing, I can't believe how good Hunter Dickinson looks. He's, of course, the transfer in from Michigan, seven foot one dude, the big guy. He looks much leaner, looked amazing. I, I'm just, I was in awe at how good Hunter Dickinson looked. Like, he was good at Michigan, but I don't think great, but... He looks great at Kansas, I can tell you that right now. So his stat line versus Kentucky, 8 of 12 field goals, 1 for 2 from 3-point range, 10 for 11 from the free throw line, which is outstanding. If you're a 7-foot-1 guy, you better hit free throws. And then the stat of the night, 21 rebounds versus Kentucky. So 27 points, 21 rebounds. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. He was the best player on the floor. So Hunter Dickinson, I mean, early. Look, I, I know it's early. I don't want to jump and make all these hot takes, but one of the early season predictions for National Player of the Year, Hunter Dickinson on Kansas. He just he looked unbelievable. Also, Dejuan Harris Jr. was outstanding. The senior had 23 points in the win versus Kentucky. Of course, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year last last year. If Dickinson stays healthy, Kansas is a Final Four team, and then, you know maybe national champ. What again? Too early. I don't want to go hot taking it, but just from the eye test, looking at them against Kentucky, you're like, this is the Final Four squad. They just were just dominant. Then on the flip side of that, Kentucky has problems. Nobody can score. 
I had a good look at them up here in Toronto playing this summer. And, I, and again, I, I just, the eye test, and again, it was July when I'm watching them, so I don't want to jump to too many conclusions, but I'm like, this isn't a great team. This isn't one of John Calipari's best teams. It's a pretty good team. Obviously, they're, they're going to roll in the five-star recruits, you know, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, all these dudes. But there's just something not there yet. Now, of course, this is John Calipari. Never judge his teams in November. You judge them by how they look in late January, February, and as they get to March. But as of right now, they look like they have problems. Nobody can score. So late in that game against Kansas, Cal, it, it seemed, was only allowing Antonio Reeves to take key shots. Nobody else. It was like every time down the floor they were going to Reeves, who's the kid who's you know the former Illinois State player, good player, but not great. And it was really frustrating to watch. Now, mentioned Justin Edwards. He's one of the big big-time recruits that came in. Listen to his stat line. 0 for 6 for field goals. 0 for 3 from 3. Four rebounds with one point. I seen some guy, you know, one of the supposed college basketball experts a couple weeks ago had him as the number one pick in the draft next year. And, I again, I just watched Kentucky play in Toronto, and I, I interviewed Justin Edwards. Seems like a nice kid. Um, doesn't have enough dog in him just from the conversation I had. Seems very aloof and kind of... He's a kid, keep in mind. I know the dude's whatever size he is. He's a big boy. But keep in mind, he's still a kid. And I can tell you right now, he's not a number one pick. I don't even think he's a first-round draft pick from what I've seen. And then there, there's his stat line. 0 for 6 in the field goals. 0 for 3 from 3. 1 point against Kansas. And so, scratch Justin Edwards off the number one pick. And I don't know who this dude was. I don't want to put him on blast. But he's got a huge following. And I was kind of going back and forth with him on Twitter. I'm like, uh, I think you're going to rethink that Justin Edwards going number one overall pretty damn soon. And so here, here we are two weeks in, and you can scratch that right now. DJ Wagner, they're big-time recruits. Some people had him as the number one player, certainly top three or four player in the country coming in. He only had four points. And and I just think Cal has to let him cook. They've, they've got the reins on the kid right now because he's so young and they don't want to hand him the keys just yet. But I think he's one of those dudes, just give him the keys to the car, let him run it. He's the point guard, and he's outstanding. I, I watched him up close, and he was really good. But, again, only four points in that game against Kansas, and they just got to let him play. Reed Shepard, of course, the son of Jeff Shepard, former Kentucky great. I love this kid. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get better and better as the season goes on. I think he had about 13 points in that game. But Kentucky, not an elite eight team this year. They're good, but, again, strong Calipari. Let him do his thing. Let him work with the young guys, and then, Let's revisit that conversation sometime around late January, early February. Arizona, number three in the country right now, and they look amazing. I watched them beat Duke 78-73 last Friday at Cameron Indoor. Outstanding atmosphere. Remember, one that I'd forgotten when I turned on the game. You're like, oh, yeah, Caleb Love transferred to Arizona from North Carolina. And so Arizona so balanced in that win. They didn't have one guy putting up 25 or 22, even that. It was Caleb Love had, had 11 points. Pelly Larson and Keelan Boswell had 12. Amar Balo had 13. And then Kishad Johnson had 14. He's the grad transfer from San Diego State, played four years there. He's a really nice player, but just a balanced team. And they are going to be trouble. Balo is the seven-foot senior center. is dominant. He's a former Gonzaga guy. Followed Tommy Lloyd to Arizona. And so Arizona, write it down right now. I mean, again, if they stay healthy and keep doing what they're doing, Arizona is going to make a deep run. It is a man's team. 
And that's going to be, I mean, at worst, an Elite Eight team. And then who knows from there. Now, Duke in the loss, no big deal. They're going to be just fine. That's an outstanding team as well. I mean, this was a close game, five-point game, back and forth. Could have went either way. But uh, for Arizona to go on the road into Duke and uh, Cameron and get that win says something. But, you know, if you're a Duke fan, no, no reason for concern just yet. That's an outstanding team. They're certainly going to be in the conversation as well come March. And, you know, losing to a good Arizona squad is not devastating by any means. Another team in the AP top five looks really good. Tennessee looks really good, but they often start off like that and then fizzle. So I'm cautiously optimistic about Tennessee. Then again, so early in the season, so very early to figure out who's who. Now, one team that looks like they're about to drop back into mediocrity is Villanova. They lost this week to Pennsylvania, not Penn State, like Penn, 76-72. Now, the inevitable post-Jay Wright drop-off looks like it's starting to happen. He left the cupboard pretty full when he left. But again, you know, kids were going to Villanova for Jay Wright, and you're going to start to see that drop-off, and it looks like it's starting right now. Then coming up, they've got a really tough stretch of games. I mean, they play tonight against Maryland. I'm recording this on a Friday afternoon. They've got Maryland tonight. That's a tough matchup. They follow that with Texas Tech on Wednesday. They've got Kansas State December 5th, and then UCLA following that December 9th, and then Creighton the next game after that December 20th, all in a row. So that is a really tough stretch for Villanova coming up. Again, you're, you're losing to Pennsylvania to start things off, a mediocre mid-major squad at best. So Nova could be in trouble. That's one storyline to keep an eye on. Certainly with that murderer's row schedule they got there, you know, K-State, UCLA, and then Creighton, all three in a row coming up. Another team that is in deep, deep trouble, write it down right now, Tony Stubblefield will be fired by DePaul before Christmas. They start off with losses to Purdue-Fort Wayne. Not Purdue, not Zach Eady-Purdue, Purdue-Fort Wayne. They are 3-0, by the way, not a bad mid-major team. But, you know, DePaul should not be losing to Purdue-Fort Wayne. And then they lost to Long Beach State. So that's how DePaul started off the season. They did beat South Dakota on Tuesday, so a, a bit of redemption. But next up on DePaul's schedule, South Carolina tonight. Then they've got Iowa State, Texas A&M, Louisville, Northwestern. And then Villanova, December 23rd. And so, you know, write it down right now. Before Christmas, Tony Stubblefield will get canned. Some of the kids he brought in. I told you, talked about this on my Canadians, 15 Canadians to Watch podcast from a couple weeks ago. I know Elijah Fisher. I did his high school games. Was a five-star recruit. I uh, went to Texas Texas Tech, excuse me. And then, of course, their coach gets fired. He's bounced. And I, I was dismayed that he went to DePaul. I had his handler showing up in my DMs because I was criticizing the move to DePaul. And I hate to be a told-you-so guy, but this is a bad team. Tony Stubblefield on the hottest of hot seats right now. And then keep in mind, then they go to the Big East schedule. They got UConn, Creighton, all that. Good luck if you're losing to Purdue-Fort Wayne and then Long Beach State. Another team that looks mediocre from what I've seen this past week, USC. They lost to UC Irvine. UC Irvine lost a couple of guys. They've been a good team over the past couple of years, and they've had to reload and bring in some new players, and they still end up beating USC fairly comfortably. No Bronny James just yet on USC, so you know that whole safe and effective thing, you know, go look into that. But I'll try to avoid talking about that on this podcast. But And then another team to watch out for that's playing really good basketball on the mid-major side of things. Not only is James Madison football making waves after going 10-0 so far, 
James Madison's hoop team, 3-0, ranked number 24 in the AP poll, the most recent one ever anyways. And so the fun belt looking good so far. Watch out for James Madison. Not a team you want to run into. So as far as other mid-majors to look at, nobody's really leaped out at me just yet. But uh, some pretty good team. Again, it's really early in the season. But Nevada looks really good. They're 3-0. I watched them beat Washington the past week, uh, 83-76. That was comfortable. And then the other night, I watched them destroy Pacific uh, you know, which has been a half decent West Coast Conference team past couple of years, excuse me, 88-39. Pacific had 12 points at the half against the Nevada Wolfpack. So I, I, I don't either that's Nevada's defense is stellar or Pacific is just brutal. 12 points and a half in a Division One game, and that's again, this is Pacific. This is not. You know, some low major squad. This is a pretty decent team in the West Coast Conference. And so, I don't know. Is Nevada really good? Pacific bad? We're going to find out. Another mid-major to watch out for. Vermont is 4-0 as I record this in the American East. Wichita State 4-0 and out quick. Presbyterian. Now, look, nobody talks about Presbyterian, so I'm going to mention them. They're 4-0, which includes a win over Vanderbilt to open the year. So, shout out to Presbyterian. Someone's giving you love out there. Don't complain about it. By the way... Jerry Stackhouse is another guy you can expect to be fired before the season ends because, to put it quite simply, he can't recruit. Outstanding coach, you know. I, I, look, one of my favorite college players of all time, Stack, and then he did a great job up here in Toronto coaching the uh, their G League squad. He was in line to maybe take over before they hired Nick Nurse and had a shot, and that's why I ended up going down to Vanderbilt because I think he was hoping to become the Toronto Raptors head coach. Didn't get it. And he's just hasn't been able to recruit. I know some of the kids he's brought in and scratch. I don't want to name them because, you know, one of the kids, a Toronto kid. And when he when he brought him in, I was like, that kid is literally not even the top 50 in Ontario of kids I've seen play. And you're bringing him to Vanderbilt, not even major to Vandy. So if you can't recruit, you know, in the SEC, watch out for you. So I think Jerry Stackhouse, his days are numbered at Vandy. Like what happens if they're losing to Presbyterian? What happens when they go play Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama? How's that going to work out? Mm, I can tell you right now, not too good. Another mid-major to watch out for, Bradley. Another team that people don't really talk about in the Missouri Valley Conference. They look really good. They won the MVC regular season title last year. Lost some guys in the portal, but they're out to a 3-0 start with wins over a decent UAB. Pretty good Utah State team. And then Tarleton State, is what, Tarleton State as well. So watch out for Bradley. Hey, let's keep in the mid-major side of things. McNeese State is 4-0 under Will Wade. So he's in charge, obviously, you know, unceremoniously dismissed from LSU. He ends up at McNeese State. People thought, you know, how, how does that happen? But either way, he's there. Started off the season with a win over his former team, VCU. Will Wade was at VCU before he went to LSU. And now he's got McNeese State 4-0, so watch out for them to come out of the Southland, perhaps come March if they're off to that kind of start. Then, as far as the West Coast Conference, everyone picking St. Mary's to win the, the West Coast Conference. The media had them as the number one team in the preseason poll, but then they come out and lose to Weber State this week. So maybe that squashes that tire narrative that, you know, not, oh, Gonzaga's not the team to beat this year in the West Coast. St. Mary's is. And they get dropped by Weber State. Well, the one big question this year is, aside from St. Mary's, how good will Gonzaga be? Well, we're going to find out soon because they're facing Purdue coming up this weekend. That's going to be their next. That's going to be a big match for both squads coming up. Lots of new faces for the Zags, including incoming transfer Ryan Nemhart, 
who left Creighton, but Creighton seems to be just fine without him. They're out to a, what, 2 3 0 start right now. I think ranked number 11 in the AP pool when I checked, certainly 10 or 11. They're up there, so looks like both Ryan Nemhart and Creighton going to be just fine without each other. But I had the chance to interview Ryan Nemhart's father, Claude, while doing some play by play last week for one of the top prep schools in Canada called Royal Crown. So I was doing the play-by-play for the game, and in between, I was asking Claude some questions, and so I had to cut out some of my calls. Obviously, I'm like, oh, hey, Smith with the three-pointer while we're chatting. So if it's a tad choppy, it doesn't flow 100%. It's not too bad. That's kind of That'll be the reason why I was just cutting out as much as the play-by-play as possible. But I thought the conversation was really fascinating. This is insight from... You know, the star point guard from Gonzaga's father. And, of course, you know, his other son, Andrew Namhart, just there for a couple of years. So if anybody knows what's going on with, you know, the Gonzaga Bulldogs and Mark Few, it's certainly Claude Namhart, Ryan Namhart's father. So, again, have a listen to this 10-minute conversation with Ryan Namhart's dad. We chat Gonzaga, Andrew Namhart, plenty more. Really fascinating. You know, it's funny. Like I said, I got the call late to do this game, and I was going to record my podcast this year as Sean Blake turnaround jump shot, and I was going to do my Gonzaga season preview today. So I've already been making my notes on that. So nice. they got a nice team. Graham Ek made the yeah. transfer in from Wyoming. Yeah, Steel Venters from Eastern Washington. So a whole new version of what Gonzaga is going to be. But hey, Mark Few. I mean, I think he's certainly earned the trust of. Uh, I think he's going to figure it out just fine. Hundred percent. I think um, as you see and you travel. Mark Few is everything you want in a basketball coach. It's more than basketball for him. His players come back. It's really a good culture there. Um, It's a family atmosphere. His wife's involved. His kids are involved. It's really a family atmosphere, and that kind of shows him the court with the culture. So when Andrew made the decision to go, there was a bit of surprise, obviously, down at Florida, a couple of good seasons. And, and you know, it was surprising to go from the SEC to the West Coast Conference. You know, how hard was that conversation? He had so many options. What was it about the the Zags that said, you know what, this is the right place for my son? I think as a family, I think we've always preached development and getting better every year. Um, The kids have big goals. Um, And now that I'm in my son's in the the league, um, you got to keep getting better um, at every level. So... A big part of going to Gonzaga for Andrew was the development piece. And then we had to make a change this time. It just made sense to go back to the development piece for Ryan. So speaking of that, obviously, Andrew now second-round pick with the Indiana Pacers and an outstanding rookie season. Just talk about the pride as a father, that first night seeing him out there playing the NBA. Well, it's funny because we were there for the first game. And he didn't get in the game. Um, but we were there the next night. He got a chance to play. So, you know, that league is definitely difficult. Um, his success the first year was great, but he wants more. He had a great summer. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit. Just have to work hard. And it's a cliche, but you really have to work hard in that league, continuously to stay in that league. So we're up for the challenge. So I remember calling a couple of – I never got to do any of Andrew's games because he was down at Montverde and that, but yeah. I did some of Ryan's games when he was a grade 9 and 10 up at Vaughn. Yeah. And to see his growth, just unbelievable. So I, I'm on the uh, the media list for the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's picked as the favorite yeah. in the West Coast Conference. Have you talked to Ryan about the kind of motivating factor about that? Well, you know what? St. Mary's is a great program, great coach, great atmosphere. So I, I actually look forward to going to see a game at St. Mary's this year against Gonzaga. Well, we got David Simon from Royal Crown is going to go up against your son at some point this season at San Diego. Yeah. That should be a good matchup. Yeah. But, yeah, that St. Mary's atmosphere is ridiculous. For those unfamiliar, you know, I'm team late night. And there's Austin Good with a corner three for Rick. I'm up late, so I watch those West Coast Conference yeah. games. I've interviewed Randy Bennett before for my podcast, and it's just the atmosphere is is unmatched. Really intense it, little atmosphere. No doubt, no doubt. I look forward to seeing it this year. 
you could take that obviously with the name image and likeness yeah has that come into play with uh with ryan in any way well i mean there's some stuff with the i i20 you have to be careful where you receive your revenues you have to make you have to be in the in canada to make your revenue so you can receive nil money but there's a way you have to receive it so so tell me about you know montverde i mean such a, a storied program how did you how were you aware of it did they come to andrew or was it did you decide hey we need to get him down there and we're gonna go put him down in florida um, I live in Aurora, and I coached a kid named Chris Eggy. Um, he went to St. Andrews College, and um, he ended up going to Mount Verde. And his mom, Christina, kind of re- recommended Andrew from R- Mount Verde. That's kind of that, how that came about. Did my research, and it made sense for us. And um, they're family to me right now. Coach Boyle is one of the best in the business and his crew down there. So um, I called him family. And obviously, that was a place for Ryan because Andrew went there. So. It's helped. I mean, it's a great environment. I mean, there's a lot of pros in that building. That gym every day is just nuts, um, competitive-wise. So um, it's been a good fit for us. And you know, and you know, this, this year they got about five or six guys, you know, going to high, high majors as usual. So they were they were national champs there when Andrew wasn't it? Andrew won one year. Ryan won two years. Oh wow! Okay. And it was, Andrew was with RJ, wasn't he? RJ Barrett. Yeah, yeah. RJ's last year it was Andrew's last year. They won the national championship. Who else was on that team? Um, Philip Petrusev. We just got traded in that Harden deal. Mike DeVoe was in that team. Um, he's with the Clippers right now, the G League team. That's about it. The pros um, and Ryan's team was just stacked. Scotty, Cade, uh, Moses Moody, Dayron Sharp, Dayron Sharp, Caleb Houston, Derek Whitehead. Caleb, another good Canadian boy. Caleb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Whitehead. Um, so that team was ridiculous. Jeez, yeah. yeah. And I watched them on ESPN. You know, I was down, my son and I went to a soccer camp at Mercer University down in uh, Macon, Georgia, and we're in the hotel. We put on, we sat and watched Montverde versus IMG okay, on okay. ESPN. We're yeah. so blown away, you know. It's... Yeah, it's big time. <laughs> so as far as Paris 2024, is Andrew in the conversation for Team Canada? Has, has he they've reached out? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's the season's, right now the focus is the NBA season, but I think um, Andrew has spoken to the coaching staff, and I think, you know, um, I think there's a want for him to play, and I think they want him to play. So I think, yeah, looking forward to that next year. I remember watching an 18 or 19 year old Andrew with the Canadian senior men's national team. I, I interviewed him down at the U18s in St. Catharines mm-hmm. and I uh, was really impressed just kind of chatting with him. And then not long after watching him with the senior men's national team and he was backing up Corey Joseph. And I, and I, I said this, I talked about this for years on my podcast. I thought team Canada flowed better when Andrew was in as opposed to Corey. Now I know you're not going to say anything negative about Corey, but I was so blown away at such a young age at how, the fluidity and how he could he could kind of get with the speed of the game. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bit biased, but his IQ yeah. has always been at a high level. It's funny you mention that because Corey Joseph is kind of a, a player that Andrew's game has been modeled after. When I first came on the scene watching some um, high school basketballs when Corey was a pickering, and um, I brought – it's kind of how I formulated how I wanted to coach my kids, and Corey was a big part of that. And Corey has a lot of love for Andrew. When he sees him on the road in the league, he's always giving him daps up. So I, I got a lot of love for the Joseph family. So Chris McKee with Claude Nemhart here, Vice President of Ontario Basketball. Of course, Corey, is Corey still in Sacramento? He's at Golden State right now. Golden State? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. He signed the offseason. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they're making – I mean, you know, Chris Paul in right now. That's yeah. like, geez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been excited watching some of the NBA. And, of course, you mentioned the Celtics. One of my guys, O'Shea Brissett. Yeah. Now recently signed. was making an impact. So I did some of O'Shea's games up at the – I've been doing the Orange Bowl games now my seventh season. So it was athlete Institute then, but I coached O'Shea for a year when he was Vaughn Panthers. Oh no. What age was this? Before he had his big growth spurt. So he was six, three with me 
left my team in crew five inches oh, wow. that summer. <laughs> so, but he was in Indiana last year. So yeah. um, he's, he's a great kid, great family. So, yeah. So who's going to be the guy for the Zags? Obviously your son, you know, running the point with, with Gonzaga, who's expected to be, you know, the, the more offensive output. Is it, is it Anton Watson? Is that who they're looking at? I think Noel Hickman's going to have a surprising year for most people. Noel Hickman's a very good basketball player. And I think sometimes people want so much so quickly with these kids. I think he's in a great spot right now. Playing with Ryan, he can be more off the ball, on the ball if he needs to be. But he's going to have a great year. Anton is kind of a fifth-year guy. He's a big-time player. I think we're going to really surprise this year. Like I said, I like EK. I watched quite a bit of him at Wyoming. And Hazy, that's blocked by Josiah Francis. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. Graham E.K. Got, had a knee injury last year with Wyoming and then opted to just sit. He only played about seven or eight games, I think it was. Yeah. And that's the guy I think a lot of people – I think he, maybe he slides into that Drew Timmy role. Is that yeah. is that kind of the idea? Definitely. He, he's man-strong. He is man-strong. <laughs> ben Gregg is a good player. Braden Huff. So Ben Gregg, 6'10", junior. Yeah. Former top 30 ESPN guy. Yeah. Told you I was making my notes on Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. I know that. <laughs> And you know what? They got Dusty Stromer, who's young, but with this team, he doesn't have to do too much, right? So he's a solid player. He has a good pedigree. Steel Ventures, like you did mentioned earlier. The guy from uh, Korea. Yeah. What do you know about June. him? Yeah. June has got a big body, solid, you know. He kind of Hachimura um, when he didn't Hachimura before he blew up. So it, it's, a, it's a deep team. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it kind of suits Gonzaga that way. They're, they're more comfortable being that underdog. And I think, I they, think you so. know, yeah, yeah. as opposed to having, especially the past kind of two, three years, that target on their back, you know, with Chet and Andrew and all, you know, just yeah. Jalen Suggs and all these guys. Their non-conference schedule was so crazy. They're going to get better. They might take some lumps, but they're going to get better. I don't want to play them late. I think they're, well, their non-conference, I was looking, it's a little bit better than it has been in years past. It's crazy. I think. It's crazy this year. Yeah. Well, I know, well, they start off with Yale, I believe. Yale Is next weekend. Yeah. And then. Maui Classic, or is Purdue, perhaps Tennessee. Uh, it's a big it's a big tournament. So speaking of Purdue, you know, we got Zach Eady, who's, you know, obviously National Player of the Year. Uh, it keeps declaring. And then, you know, Zach Eady, what do you think Zach has to do maybe to kind of get more interest from the NBA? He's done everything but get that, get his name called. Zach is a problem. So I think the NBA has to give him a chance. He'll, he'll get a chance in that league for sure. He's a big man. When he gets the ball in the, in the middle post, he's going to score or create something for somebody else. So, remember, I called Zach when he was about 14 in the Biosteel Futures game. Mm-hmm. And he, I always say he looked like a deer on skates at that age, yeah. about 14, 15. Yeah. And then I remember seeing him. It was that's who I saw in my hotel at IMG was Zach Eady. Okay. And to see night and day, you're like, oh my God, that's the same kid. Yeah. And to see his development really in three years, it was 100% night and day. But don't forget, brother, he, he started late. Yeah. So he's catching up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He hadn't been playing long when I had called him. So, again, that was my conversation with Claude Nemhart, the father of star point guard Ryan Nemhart with Gonzaga, and, of course, Andrew Nemhart's dad as well. Again, I had to chop out some of the play-by-play in between. So it flowed as decent as it was as, as it could anyways, and it was only in the second quarter of the game, so I wasn't missing too much of the action. Ended up being a really good game. Royal Crown won that. Let's watch out. They just sent... Uh, three guys to NCAA this year. David Simon, who's at San Diego, Canadian National High School Player of the Year. Uh, Michael Ev who's playing at Siena. And then Hunter Harding at Central Michigan. They were all with Royal Crown last year. And they've got a bunch of young guys coming through this year. That Sean Blake, uh, one of their guards, a shooting guard, he's already committed to Vermont. And they got a bunch more on the way. So that was the game I was calling there with Claude Nemhart. 
Well, don't forget, check out my website, undraftedfreeagent.com. Follow me on Twitter, Chris McKee, at Mr. McKee, M-R-M-C-K-E-E. And check out my Instagram. I post all basketball content on my undrafted underscore F-A Instagram. I have a Twitter. I mean, I'm. it's there. Don't even bother following it. I mean, you want to drop me a follow, do it. I'm trying to build it, but it's been such a grind. I'm more focused on growing my Instagram, undrafted underscore FA. And, of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com. Appreciate you tuning in. Plenty more college hoops coming all throughout the season, just getting things revved up. Just wanted to chime in with what I like so far in the first couple of weeks. And I haven't seen everybody play just yet, but certainly a pretty good chunk of the teams. And uh, that's what I like, and that's who I don't like. And so I'm Chris McKee. Appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to the undraftedfreeagent.com college basketball podcast. You're tuned in to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast with your host, Chris McKee.